Tyrese Maxey might be making his case for most improved player this year, but does he really have a shot at winning it? I don't think so, and I'm going to tell you why. Plus, Matisse Thibel did something the other night against Steph Curry that no other player was able to do. And could we see Joel Embiid back in action on Saturday against the Wolves? That's right now on Locked On Sixers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Sixers. I am your host, Serena Winters, former Sixers sideline reporter, serving up content to Sixers fans. I hope you all had an absolutely fantastic Thanksgiving. Don't forget to follow, like, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at Serena Winters, and we truly appreciate you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. Every day we are free and available on all platforms. Now let's get into the show. Coming at you live from my in-laws storage closet on the third floor bathroom from Nashville, Tennessee at 6 a.m. on this Friday morning. How's everyone feeling today? Still feeling that turkey tryptophan hangover? Man, I love Thanksgiving. I really do. Because it's really just a day full of no guilt eating, all that crap that I try not to eat all the time during the year, and you just gorge yourself. And it feels great. I mean, maybe not so great when you're going to bed, but throughout the day, it feels awesome. I started my Thanksgiving morning off with a cinnamon roll, this delicious bacon and egg quiche, some zucchini bread, and I finished the day off with, you know, turkey, mashed potatoes, corn casserole, squash casserole, green beans, incredible homemade yeast rolls, stuffing, caramel cake, and then before bed, I even just had some cheese and crackers just to top it all off. For those wondering, no, I did not dive in on the cranberry. And shout out to the 265 people that participated in my Thanksgiving poll. 53.6% of you agree with me that cranberry is just something you can do without. While 46.4% say they are rolling with a Thanksgiving cranberry. Either way, hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. I would also like to report that there was no mac and cheese at my Thanksgiving. And despite Kevin Kincaid's claim in our Thanksgiving hot takes on the podcast that this was because I grew up on the West Coast in California, I would like to note that I am at my in-law's house in Tennessee. There was, however, mac and cheese for the night before Thanksgiving. And when I got in, I had two helpings to settle the stomach. You know what I mean? Right when I got in at like 10 p.m. on Wednesday night. It was delicious. Still might be favorite thing that I ate all Thanksgiving. I love mac and cheese. Really do. Just wasn't a, a staple for Thanksgiving growing up for me. All right, enough Thanksgiving talk because I've got Tyrese Maxey on the brain. And one of the questions I've gotten a lot lately is, can Tyrese Maxey win most improved player this year? And look, Maxey has been incredible you all who listen to the podcast know I talk about him pretty much daily. But the short answer right now to me is no. 
I don't think so. I'm going to tell you why. All right, first, let's look at Maxie's numbers in comparison from last year to this year. Maxie's averaging 18.7 points per game on 50% shooting from the field, 38.7% from deep, 3.5 rebounds, 4.6 assists, just 1.2 turnovers per game on 35 and a half minutes per game. Last year, eight points on 46.2% shooting, 30.1% from deep, 1.7 rebounds, two assists, 0.7 turnovers on 15.3 minutes per game. I mean, the jump is ridiculous. It cannot be denied. He's well over doubled his production in just a year's time. It's absolutely wild to think he's just 21 years old and he was a rookie last year. That jump from year one to year two, he absolutely has going for him. But if you've kept track of the Most Improved Player Award over the past few years, you also know that the award does not necessarily come down to your percent increase on your stats from year one to the next. I mean, last year it was Julius Randle. The year before that was Brandon Ingram. The year before that was Pascal Siakam. The year before that was Victor Oladipo. And the year before that was Giannis. And what I'm trying to make clear with the names from the past several years is that there's also this air of breakout stardom that goes with this award. And look, it's not that it's a requirement, but I do think it is worth noting that there's only been one guy to average under 20 points per game and actually win the award in the past eight years. And that's Siakam. So to me, when looking at the field for most improved player, there are really two other players that it feels like are taking the national spotlight in this area, and they also have the numbers to back it up. Number one is John Morant. I mean, he is easily making his case for his first all-star selection. He's putting up numbers of 25.3 points per game, 5.8 rebounds, 7.1 assists, 1.7 steals. He's also shooting 47.8% from the field and 35.6% from three. He's averaged at least seven assists per game all three years he's been in the league. But this year, he's upped his points per game another six points. And he's having career highs in nearly all other aspects of his game. Putting up more threes this year. Side note, if he can continue to add the three ball to his game, whoo, league better watch out. And on top of that, it just feels like Morant hasn't gotten that national, or really just the recognition he's deserved over the past couple of years. Now, a lot of that is just due to the market that he plays in. Right? I mean, Memphis does not get all of the national games and the radio talk and all of that. But it does feel like that attention is finally shifting to him. So right now, it kind of feels like, kind of feels like his year to me in that department. Still early. We've still got three quarters of the season. But right now, that's kind of how I see it. And the other guy really high on that list 
is Miles Bridges. I mean, talk about another huge jump. And this is a guy who went from averaging 12.7 points per game last year to 20.3 this year and averaging 7.5 rebounds and 3.5 assists per game. I mean, his role, responsibilities, they have completely changed. And he's taken them on with full force. I mean, the question for him to start the season was really about sustainability. But this Charlotte team is really loaded with offensive firepower, and Bridges has consistently been the leading scorer of it this season. Now, Morant, in my opinion, still has that potential superstar factor, which I think is going to go a long way when it comes to the voting. But then you have Bridges and Maxi, who have both produced this completely unexpected leap. Though if you watch Bridges toward the end of last season, you saw a foreshadowing of it for sure. But the other thing with Bridges is that it's not like the Hornets have been without their superstars, right? Like the Sixers have. This is the Hornets, and Bridges is leading the way. Whereas Maxi, when you look at the storyline there, when this Sixers crew comes back and healthy, I do expect Maxi's offensive numbers to come back to earth a little. Not to say he's not going to be fantastic, but the Sixers will have Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris and Seth Curry, and I just see it hard that or find it hard to believe that Maxi will be averaging 24.6 points per game like he has over his past eight games. I sure hope he does, though. I sure hope he does, because that would be awesome. And then I might be telling you that we are talking about him as most improved player. Coming up, Matisse Thibel did something against the Warriors the other night that no other teammate was able to do. It's Thanksgiving. And we all know what that means. Football, and nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet Online has you covered all holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus with promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. And it's not just football. Bet Online has pro and college hoops, NHL boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, we are stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. Thanks for making Locked On Sixers your first listen every day. Man, what a first half against the Warriors the other night, huh? An 18-point Sixers first half lead against, oh, the best team in the NBA? I mean, obviously the final result, the loss, wasn't anything that any Sixer fan wanted, but I gotta be honest, it wasn't what I expected. And if you're listening out there, and you're honest with, with yourself, you probably expected it too. That being said... There was some good that came from that game and something that I found super interesting and encouraging. So Matisse Thibel starts in place of Tobias Harris the other night, who's been dealing with this hip issue. So Thibel gets the super easy task 
of defending Steph Curry. Literally one of the hardest guys to defend in the NBA. But also, as someone who just thrives off defense, you know Thibel was up to this challenge. When I talked to Kareth Burke of NBC Sports Bay Area to help me preview that game on the pod, the one thing that I remember her saying that she told me a team has to do if they want a shot at beating this ridiculous Warriors team is you have to frustrate Steph. Got you. And look, you look at the the box score, and despite Steph finishing with a game-high 25 points, if you watch the game, the eye test told me Matisse was kind of able to do that. But I wanted to look into the numbers to see if the numbers backed up the eye test. So, I dug a little deep into defensive matchup stats in NBA.com and was looking at the specific matchup between Matisse Thibel and Steph, and this is what I found. Steph only scored seven points while Matisse Thibel was guarding him. Seven. And he shot just 33.3% from the field. Three of nine. And just 16.7% from three. One of six. Which is damn good if you're guarding Steph Curry. But it gets better. I looked up the matchup stats for every single other Sixers player. Every single one that had any time guarding Steph Curry. Every single player. When literally, literally anyone else, any other Sixer, was guarding Steph. He made every single shot. Did you hear me? Every single shot Steph made when he was guarded by anyone that was not named Matisse Thibault. But, and this is where the depth and firepower of this Warriors team shows and why they're dominating the league right now, while Matisse was guarding Curry, the rest of the Warriors team scored 54 points. That's pretty crazy. So while Matisse was guarding Steph, and all of the minutes he guarded Steph, although he was able to stop him, what happened was the rest of the Warriors team was able to score 54 points. Because Steph demands that much attention, and the Warriors have so many other weapons. And then after the game, Thibault said something that just directly correlates to that stat. That it's hard when he's got Steph Curry as your assignment because then he can't help on the other guys. And I'm quoting Thibault here. He said, there's not much I can do besides try and guard him. And they have so much firepower. It made it so I couldn't impact the game as much as I wanted to. And to their credit, they're smart. They use them well to complement everyone else in the court. 
All that to say, look, the Warriors are just out of this world. You put your best defender on Steph, but then the rest of your defense better be clicking. And you better hope that some of those guys don't knock down, knock down shots, but they did. Because what happens is Steph makes sure that literally everyone else is going to get going if he can't. But it also told me that Maxi did a hell of a job on, on Steph Curry one-on-one. He really did. Were there some mistakes? Of course there were. But it's Steph Curry. He did a really good job. A couple of other things I really liked in that game. How about Tyrese Maxey recognizing Draymond had three fouls and then Maxey just going at him to pick up his fourth at the end of the half? That was pretty awesome. I appreciated that. By the way, it was good to have Danny Green back after he missed those four games with left hamstring tightness. Look, he played limited minutes, but... You don't want him going back out full steam ahead after that hamstring injury. You you can't have him re-injuring that. So he only played 17 minutes, set out the fourth quarter, but he did have 10 points. And after the game, Danny said he wished he could go back in the fourth and that he wanted to play more minutes, but that they wouldn't let him. That's all right. That's how it should be. Seth Curry shot well from everywhere except beyond. (laughs) He had 17 first half points despite not making a three against his brother's team. He was 0 for 5 from deep, but finished with a Sixers high, 24 points, 8 of 16. And post-game, Steph said he's a proud, proud brother. Hey, guess who's shooting better this season out of the brothers? You got it? Seth is shooting 50.3% from the field this season. Steph is shooting 46%. So Sixer Seth has him there. But then Steph wins from three, but not by much. Steph is shooting 41.8% and Seth is shooting 41.1%. One more additional Seth Curry note. He's got the second best mid-range game in the NBA right now. Shooting 57.1%. Second only to LaMarcus Aldridge. Hey, how many of you also forget that Seth Curry went undrafted? That'll kind of slip my mind. And then I'll be watching him throughout the game. And I'll just kind of pop back in. Like, this guy went undrafted in the 2013 NBA draft. I love those stories. I love them. Random stat of undrafted players in the NBA... Seth Curry, currently third in points per game at 15.9. All right, coming up, might we see Joel Embiid on Saturday? But first, let me tell you about Built Bar. It is the most wonderful time of the year. It is Black Friday. Today, Black Friday, Built is going all out to make this Black Friday weekend the most delicious Black Friday that ever was in the history of Black Fridays because there are new limited time flavors, new types of bars, and a winter wonderland of a deal. Hey, you want high-end deliciousness at a discount? All through Black Friday weekend, that is Friday through Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, Friday through Sunday, get at least 20% off anything and everything at Built.com. All you have to do, all you gotta do, enter promo code LOCKED, 
20 new flavors, ruby chocolate puffs, marshmallowy goodness, mm, covered in a unique ruby chocolate. No need to fight any crowds. No camping out for hours. Your best Black Friday deals are at Built.com. 20% off Built Bars and two free Crave Bars. All at Built.com. Plus, you can get 60% off Built Broth and Built Boost and 40% off Built Swag. Just enter code LOCK20 at Built.com. A couple more notes before we get to Saturday's game. Sixers taking on the Timberwolves at home, baby! First of all, the best note of the survival trip that I'm putting in air quotes that you can't see me doing, that Doc Rivers called it, it's over. It is over. I mean, that was the toughest stretch of games, the toughest Sixers road trip of the season, the longest road trip. That was a road trip that was going to be tough even with Joel Embiid. It's over. We can be happy about that. Yes, we can. Hey, Isaiah Joe looked good the other night. He had eight points in 15 minutes. I'm curious if we keep seeing more from him if he keeps producing. He's been good. Gotta mention the not so good because it could come up when the Sixers play the Wolves on Saturday. Sixers had 21 turnovers against the Warriors. And because of that, they gave up 38 points to the Warriors. Can't do that. You just can't. And as you'll see when we talk about this Wolves team, they get you to turn the ball over. So that's got to be on top of the scouting report on Saturday. And look, you've heard me talk about it since we started the pod. Transition defense. I mean, it was glaring again against the Warriors. And they've just got to figure that part out. Because also, the Wolves will take advantage of you on the break. One thing that absolutely drove me nuts watching that Warriors game. I just got to get it off my chest. There was an out-of-bounds play early in the fourth quarter where Andre Drummond... I don't know what happened. I don't know if he just fell asleep. I don't know if he was thinking about what he was going to eat for Thanksgiving. But it was a baseline out of bounds play. I don't know where Drummond was. And not only does he get the ball right under the basket, the Warriors player, Drummond also fouls him. And he makes a layup. So he has a three-point play. Drove me nuts. <sighs> Drummond. Korkmaz is struggling from deep right now. Hopefully he can get that going against the Wolves. All right, Sixers versus Wolves, Saturday at home. And the relief, baby. The relief could be coming. We sure hope on Saturday the Sixers are going to get Joel Embiid back. Right now, Philly's still targeting Saturday against Minnesota. Sham Sharania of The Athletic, the first to report that. Man, Embiid has been in health and safety protocols for three weeks. Three weeks. 
Sixers have gone two and six without him. You want me to go over the Sixers numbers with and without Embiid? Oh, you don't? <laughs> I know, it's too depressing. The good news is he will be back soon. Even if he ends up not playing on Saturday, the hope for him is to play Monday against the Magic. He is coming back soon. Hope is in sight. All right, so the Sixers taking on the Wolves Saturday night. Some things to watch out for. Minnesota attempts more threes than any team in the league at 43.7 per game. 43.7 three-point attempts per game. That's crazy. They've also got the fourth best defense in the league. The second best offensive rebounding percentage in the league. So then it also makes sense that they get more second chance points than any team in the NBA. Minnesota averages 16.2 second chance points per game right now. And look, we've seen that be an issue for the Sixers this season. So that's something that's going to be need to be on the scouting report. With all those numbers at the top, even though they had the second best offensive rebounding percentage in the league, they've got the worst defensive rebounding team in the league. So we'll see if the Sixers can take advantage on their own offensive glass. But as we know, the Sixers have had their fair share of rebounding woes this season, we'll call it. Now back to... What I mentioned with the Warriors, because the Sixers gave up, what was it, 38 points, I think I told you, off their turnovers. Well, the Wolves are the best in the league at getting teams to turn the ball over. Funny enough, though, on the other side of it, the Wolves are one of the bottom three teams in the league at taking care of the ball themselves. So they turn teams over, but they also turn the ball over. Look, Minnesota is 500 on the season. They're on a five-game winning streak. Seventh in the Western Conference. They just play hard. And they're super aggressive on defense. They've got Anthony Edwards, the second-year player out of Georgia. He's a leading scorer on this team, averaging 22.8 points per game. Obviously, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell. Malik Beasley has been solid for them. What the Sixers will have going for them, though, is Charlotte is going to be playing the Timberwolves on Friday night. So Minnesota is going to be on the second night of a back-to-back. So they will have that going for them. Sixers 10-9. and nine. Crazy, after Saturday, we are at the quarter mark of this Sixers season. Right now, the Sixers have played in 19 games. They have had 11 different starting lineups through those 19 games. I mean, Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris have missed a combined 16 games. That's a lot. Remember when we were... uh, what, 10 games into the start of the season? And the Sixers had the most efficient offense in the NBA 10 games in? Well, things have changed since then. But help is on the way. Help is on the way. 
Doc Rivers after that Warriors game the other night. I like this quote from him. He said, I just know we're going to hang in there and then we're going to make a big run. I feel that coming. I can't tell you when, but it is going to happen. Well, let's hope it happens starting Saturday night. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Sixers. Thanks for being here with me. We're going to see you on Monday morning. If you're looking for some gambling insight, check out Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Have a good weekend.